Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I couldn't agree more with St. Paul. After all this time, I think it's fair to say we have fought the good fight. We have almost finished the race. We have kept the faith. The end is so close. For many of us, it's right within our grasp as we finish writing the last of our papers, as we begin to think about studying for our finals, and as many of us make plans to move from this place to new homes and congregations. Because for years, we have fought the good fight of long nights of studying, writing, and reading. For years, we have been working harder than ever to finish this great race we started when we arrived here at the SEM. And all that time, through the grace of God and the support of family and friends, we have kept the faith. Have we not? How good it feels to almost be done. I know that I am not alone when I say that I am ready for a break. I'm ready for an opportunity to rest relax, and enjoy the end of long hours of reading, long nights of studying, and what seems like the constant task of writing. So just in case you didn't hear me the first time, I'll tell you again, I am more than ready for a break, and I know many of you are as well. Excitement, anxiety, and anticipation, and yes, even some amount of fear are the words I would use to describe this last week, and even more so this weekend, and probably even more so today. And tomorrow, when even more family and friends are here to celebrate your placement or call, I'm sure it will be like nothing you've experienced before. But then it is that at that very moment, you will hear it and be reminded of the not-so-exciting news that tomorrow is not the end. Pending completion of all necessary coursework is what they'll say. And pending completion is exactly right. There is still more work to be done after tomorrow. And if we think tomorrow is the end of the fight or the finish line of the race, then I think it's fair to say that we've missed the point of why any of us came to this place in the first place. If tomorrow is the end of it all, then the day after next doesn't mean much at all. And well, if you ask me, I think that's exactly the opposite of what is the case. And if that's true, then it also means that I've jumped the gun. Because while I feel like I have fought the good fight, that I am finishing the race and through it all have kept the faith, the truth is, we've only just begun. St. Paul writes to Timothy in his, this letter, having truly done all these things and shares with Timothy that his departure is at hand as he prepares for what he assumes is his imminent death. But all of us here today are most definitely not Paul. And while many of us here do prepare to depart from this place, we will do so with the placement or call in hand, which means we depart or return from this place with a very specific purpose, with the very same charge that Paul gave to Timothy in verse 5 of our reading. As for you, be sober-minded, endure suffering, 
do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. What a blessing we have been given. It's a far greater blessing than I could have realized when I first arrived here four years ago. For we are not God's gift to the ministry, but rather the ministry is God's gift to us. I believe that's how we've been reminded of this more than a few times over the years. We therefore have been blessed to come to this place to study and to grow in God's word, but not just for the sake of it, rather so that we might be further equipped to proclaim Christ's gospel of reconciliation and hope to a lost and broken world, to care for the flock God will entrust to us as pastors or deaconesses, and to be faithful stewards of all that God gives to us. The list could go on, but one thing is more than clear, especially for us students. We have come here to this place not because it is the end or climax of our Christian vocation, but so that we might be sent out from this place to serve. I know we are ready to go. I know everyone, parents, grandparents, family, friends, congregations, are excited to know where you will end up. I am eager to know as well, but what about the day after tomorrow? What will be different about Thursday or Friday of this week? How will things change in the next six months, the next year? Do you know where you'll be in the next five or ten? As the excitement of tomorrow wears off, what will keep you going from one day to the next? Now I know I'm probably killing the mood a bit and probably raising the anxiety level a little bit as well. But we all know that the ministry is not all sunshine and roses. If it were, then Paul would have had no need to encourage Timothy to endure suffering. And as anxious as I am about tomorrow and finding out where I'll be called, truth be told, I am even more anxious about the future and what will happen as I serve that call in the next six months, the next year, and God willing, well into the future. We all know the joys and blessings of the ministry. I imagine that's why so many of us are here today. I can tell you that I've experienced many of these joys growing up as a pastor's kid, and I encountered even more in my one short year of vicarage. And I cannot wait for the countless more that I will experience as I begin my service as a pastor. To do the work of an evangelist is the greatest gift we could ever receive, but fulfilling your ministry will be fraught with challenges, heartaches, and bruises. Paul recounts only a few such cases in the lesson just read, and we can also more than expect similar things to happen to us in due time. So the question is, how do we continue? How will we survive? Is pastoral burnout inevitable when there doesn't seem to be enough hours in a day or week to prepare our sermon and also our Bible study, visit, shut in, spend time with family, Go to meetings, sleep, and let's not forget, eat. Where can we turn when nothing seems to be working? When you feel isolated and alone and don't know what to do next? What are our options? 
What can we do when difficult situations arise, challenging questions are asked, and impossible circumstances cripple us with fear? We turn. We turn to the one who has been with us through thick and thin. We rely on the one who has never left our side. We depend on the one who has fortified us from the evil of this world. The Lord stood by Paul and strengthened him so that the gospel might be fully proclaimed and all might hear it. And that is exactly what God has promised to do for you. As the Lord rescued, strengthened, and protected Paul, so too will he do the same for each of you as you leave this place. The Lord will rescue you from every evil deed and bring you safely into his heavenly kingdom. Comfort and strength will be yours. Support and encouragement will always be near. Look to your left and to your right. These brothers and sisters gathered here are praying for you. Fellow pastors and elders are waiting for us. So ask them for help. Ask them questions and lean on them when times get hard. You are not alone, and you never will be. Your families have been with you at your side since you stepped foot on this campus, and they will be with you as you navigate the call you will be given into the office of the ministry. So where can you turn? Who will come to your aid but Christ alone? He came once for all. He died and rose for our sins, and he now reaffirms the promise he made to you at your baptism. You are not alone, he says. As I have watched over you and cared for you all these years, I will continue to be with you as I send you out. My spirit is with you. Do not be afraid. Your family and friends, fellow pastors and leaders, are here to support and guide you, to strengthen you, to do the work of an evangelist, so that through me you might fulfill your ministry. We go to the Lord in prayer. We call upon him in those moments of fear and anxiety, when everything is falling apart and you are just ready to give up. God will stand by you and strengthen you. He will rescue you from the lion's mouth and every evil deed. And when you, like St. Paul, have fought the good fight, finished the race and kept the faith, God will bring you into his heavenly kingdom, where there is laid up for you the crown of righteousness which the Lord will give to you. I know excitement and passion fill this room. Eagerness and anticipation flood our minds, but so too do the fears and questions about what lies ahead. Whether you're fourth or first year or any of those years in between, the question is still the same. Where will I be called? What will I be called to do? How long will I be there? We cannot ignore these questions, nor should we overlook these concerns. Yes, some of us will know very soon the answer to many of these questions. But even after tomorrow night, so much will still remain hidden. We are left, therefore, with only one thing that we can do if we are to continue to fight the good fight. If we are to continue running the race and keeping the faith, we go to our Lord in prayer. 
I wish I had all the answers, but we all know I don't. And no matter how many emails I try to send to my classmates, which they probably won't read anyway, we won't get any closer to knowing them all anyway. So what I leave you with this morning is a prayer that has guided me through more than a few uncertain times in my life. And so this morning I commend it to you as a prayer that might give you the confidence, peace, and courage to trust in God as you prepare for tomorrow, as you discover what God has in store for your life, and as you faithfully serve him for years to come. Let us pray. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending. By paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We continue now with the singing of our hymn.